this guy was like kind of a quintessential like 4chan shit lord like hipster kind of guy <laughs> i say no more i know exactly. you, you used to host he probably Smash unironically thought um he wore a top. Were... not no he wore a top hat and a trench coat and had his katana that he would walk around in. He wore steampunk glasses. Uh, he would host Smash parties just so he could demolish everyone at Smash Brothers I, Melee. Fine. Yeah, he he was an insufferable prick, complete know-it-all. Good but, with uh, the ladies. <laughs> he had a hot girlfriend who who I ended up boning a few times without his knowledge. Nice. I was kind of my ultimate revenge. Was <laughs> I ended up boning his girlfriend? good morning heroes in a half shell welcome back to the laser comb podcast the weekly show where we comb through random episodes of classic tv shows with a fine-tooth laser i'm one of your hosts christopher siege and i'm neocal uh this week on the laser comb podcast we are reviewing the 22nd episode overall of the classic 1980s slash 1990s cartoon teenage mutant ninja turtles uh as usual i put up a twitter poll with a bunch of options and let my twitter followers decide and uh what what was voted upon was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, and as always, we put the show through uh, the random number generator and came up with episode 22. It's actually the second time the 22nd episode of a show has come up on this podcast. Because when we did the tick a couple of weeks yeah. ago, that was also episode 22. Hmm. Random indeed. Yes. Very random. Uh, so, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ran from 1987 to 1996, which wow was it's kind of bewildering to me because, like, I remember watching this show a lot as a little kid, like around like 1989, 1990, 1991. But I think I'd already like I I think I forgot about it from like '92 onward. I didn't really watch it anymore. I was aware that it was on, and much to my partner is a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Um, but but she stayed with it; like she fucking loves it. <laughs> um, oh, wow. no, she probably hasn't seen every episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't realize it was in my head. I thought it was just like you know, late eighties, early nineties. I didn't realize it yeah. was all throughout the nineties. Makes sense. There were, there were different iterations after that, but I guess, I don't know what was going on. I, I was watching mainframe entertainment stuff and riding bikes, riding bikes, throwing pine cones at kids. Yeah. <laughs> you, know how, <laughs> you know how it'd be <laughs> dishing out some trailer park justice. Yeah. As one does, as one does. <laughs> Um, that's a lot of TMNT for me with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I kind of have an odd relationship with this show because on one hand like I was super 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 into TMNT when I was a little kid like I yeah. said around 89, 90, 91, 92 so from when I was like 4 until I was about 7 like I was I had 
all the toys. I was watching the movies uh, just over and over again. Uh, I even Everyone had the, did. I even right? had the I had the soundtrack to the first movie on tape. Okay, so yeah, you were you were into it. Yeah, yeah. So I I was really fucking into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but for some reason it, it's not something I'm nostalgic for. I. I feel that like now that I'm thinking back, I did have toys. I even had one where they, it changes into a little, a transformer. It changes into a, like a turtle, like a normal turtle. Oh, I remember those. And ones. then it yeah, transforms. Yeah. Those out ones are and, cool. Yeah. And it's got the little tail and yeah. Um, I had that mm. Raphael. My cousin had their van. Uh, yeah, there was a the, pizza the par- launcher, the party wagon. Yeah, I had that when I was a kid and it would open up and you could put them inside and it would launch pizzas. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Pizza discs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, outside of that. I, I, that's the last I remember of my cousins and siblings and I like partaking in TMNT enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Remember there was. When the live action movie came out, like what was that a decade ago now? People were shitting all over it. Uh, I think uh, 2013, 2014. Okay, so maybe. About that. Yeah. Yeah. So about seven ish years ago. Um, and I had watched it randomly. I was like homesick, watched it on, I don't know, some streaming service, Netflix or something. And I was like, what's wrong with this? <laughs> I, it's not offensively bad. The, um, uh, it was a flop at the box office, but I actually like the second one a lot more. Uh, I think it's called Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Everybody said that that was the shit. Because <laughs> that, that one goes fucking I haven't full watched on it. Car- that one goes fucking full on cartoon. It has, like, they bring in oh, Rocksteady and Bebop, Krang I need to and watch the, it. the Technodrome, and, like, they, they, they go full <laughs> cartoon with it. Like, the first movie was, like, you could tell was trying to take it kind of seriously they were kind of trying to go the like and then they just go back transform- to basics. they were tr- kind of trying to go like the transformers movie route i think oh okay yeah make it serious make it gritty make it something adults and kids like right right yeah but then the second one they're like no you know what fuck it rocksteady bebop general krang the fucking technodrome like let's let's just go whole hog i kind of wish that it had uh they had made another one and just gone like straight up because I, I only saw it once, and admittedly, I was kind of drunk when I watched it. But it is definitely a movie. For I haven't that. seen it, so I'd watch it. Um, I think, uh, God, I think they even uh, tease like Dimension X. Really? That one? Yeah, yeah. Dimension X and the new Why Trino seen game. This? Okay, I'm gonna watch it. And uh, one of them, I think it's. Uh, uh, Bebop is played by the uh, WWE wrestler Sheamus. Only thing I've ever seen him act in. But... Like I know exactly who Sheamus is, but yeah, big, tall Irish. Uh, Usually has ginger, a beard. Guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good he wrestler. Plays Rocksteady. <laughs> I think he plays Bebop. I I can't remember which one. WWE Sheamus. The Rhino. Yeah, so that's Rocksteady. Oh, okay, so it is Rocksteady. No shit. Oh, I remember the trailers for this now. Yeah. Oh, when the trailers had come out like years ago, I was like, hey! (laughs) Yeah, because I think 
that movie came out in like 2015 or 2016. Came because out a while we, ago now. We definitely get to see them in their human forms in the trailer. And they do mutate in the film. Yeah. yeah. Rad. Uh, Wait, I remember seeing trailers for it and going like, holy shit, that looks rad. But like, oh, it got buried and and everything. And then I forgot it existed. Same. I think I randomly watched it on Netflix one night, like maybe three or four years ago. I'm like, I need to do that. I'm like, that looks oh, like hey. the better one. I just hey, saw it, a screenshot of them in human form looking at each other. Yeah. Yeah. And Bebop's got the fucking like shades and the mohawk. And I'm like, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. There's a, I believe there's another uh, Ninja Turtles movie, another uh, reboot in, uh, in uh, in development right now so uh for a quick primer on what uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles is about uh it's about uh some turtles that are mutants they're also they're ninjas teenagers. and they're teenagers <laughs> all you need you know... to know <laughs> <laughs> no it's um no, uh, what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is about is uh, four turtles who get mutated by some uh, this ooze. this mystical substance called ooze that turns them into anthropomorphic, uh, uh, talking, athletic uh, turtles. And they're raised by uh, their master, Master Splinter, who in the cartoon, and I believe yeah. in the original comics, he's a human. He's a human who gets turned into gets, a rat man. Who gets turned into a rat. Um, uh, Hamato <clears throat> Yoshi uh, was his was his name in the live action film. Hamato. He's Yoshi, also a rat. Ha- Hamato Yoshi was uh, uh, Master Splinter was a pet, the pet rat of Hamato Yoshi, and he got mutated by the use into a big anthropomorphic rat, which. Uh, kind of makes more sense honestly like in the like yeah. context of this story it makes more sense like if you have like little tiny turtles who get mutated by ooze into big walking talking turtles it makes more sense for a like normal rat to also get mutated into a walking talking rat instead of just for some reason turning a person into a big walking talking rat that's yeah like it's yeah. supposed to uplift yeah, yeah. Right? so like, why I, would it just turn a human into do a rat right a rat of all things yeah so uh i i, I see why that they, they went that route but bebop the... and rocksteady were always human yeah and they were turned the into animals but wasn't that because of some genetic fuckery they were trying to do or was it just theos no i think it was uh I'm out of like, the loop uh so am i honestly i i think it was a device that uh shredder had Oh, it was uh, different than just being exposed to the ooze. Yeah, I don't think it was the ooze. Because theirs was purposeful. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I remember in the the second uh, Ninja Turtles movie, they had uh, Shredder use the ooze on a wolf and a snapping turtle. And they, like, mutated into, like, big, like, hulking beasts called uh, Toka and Razor. Oh, right. But those were actually, like, monster things, not people smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, um, they they think Shredder is their mother. Oh, <laughs> they keep they keep I, calling him vaguely mama. familiar. I, I used to love uh, TM the second Ninja Turtles movie when I was a kid. Which I mean, it's a lot goofier. It's 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 more kid. It's the more kid friendly out of uh, uh, compared to the first Ninja Turtles movie, which was kind of dark. The second yes. one is a lot more fun and lighthearted. So it's 
probably the why one. it's probably why I liked it more when I was like, you know, seven. <laughs> I brought it up with you, but there's a Netflix series called like the show, the TV shows that made us, or I can't remember what it's quite quite is, but there's an episode on TMNT. The toys that made us, yeah. The toys that made us, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. I've watched I've watched most of those episodes. And I watched the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, and I didn't realize it was just like two dudes that like created it yeah and it was uh, really dark and gritty and violent uh, and yeah. they tried for years to uh peter laird and kevin eastman there um, you go yeah the the it was based on a comic book a very like indie comic like they yeah. I, I think one of them's dad like owned a printing press or something and they just used that to print like 500 copies of the first issue and just sold it themselves yeah <laughs> um and uh a little known fact like the the so the original ninja turtles comic book was in black and white uh they and it was originally created as being a parody of daredevil the the art style huh. the the art style the lighting oh. was all was all a uh was all a parody of frank miller's uh iconic run Ooh. on daredevil oh, yeah. from a few years earlier and if like you also, go and look at it it's yeah it's very reminiscent <laughs> yeah and i mean like uh daredevil's like main uh, uh antagonists in frank miller's run on the character were uh the hand who did the turtles fight they fight the foot right right <laughs> oh i forgot about that and that became the foot clan and yeah yeah uh, I, uh, listeners, uh, I don't think I've ever actually brought this up before on this or any other show that we've done. I'm a huge Daredevil fan. Huge, huge, huge Daredevil fan. Big old Daredevil fan. I got yeah. a, I got a toque somewhere that may have a little Daredevil on it. But yeah. I can't wear that side because that side's yours. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a reversible uh, toque. Uh, I have the same toque, actually, because it was a loot crate thing like five years ago. It's a reversible toque. One side is red with a Daredevil symbol on it. The other side is dark gray with a Punisher symbol on it. It's so comfy and it's the right size for my head. I have a huge head and man, I, yeah, same. I <laughs> don't, I can't other toques. It, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. But because we both have the same toque years ago, cause there's so many pictures of me with it. We just joked that like, I can't wear the daredevil side out. So he'll, yeah, uh, he'll yeah. wear the red side daredevil side out and I'll wear the Punisher side. <laughs> side out that way no one has to know uh it ended up being replaced uh, a couple of years ago by a toque that i still have that is still my current favorite toque that i've ever owned is it is a death stranding fragile express toque that i got at eb games for 20 dollars. oh shit yeah you love that game i i love that toque too I, and plus, like me wearing a toque uh, that says in big letters "fragile" on it, kind of, kind of just felt right, especially at the time. That's right. <laughs> um, it's one of those games. For for instance, I owned the game uh, *Near Automata* about a couple, three years before I played it, and then I one hundred percented it. And then yeah. I played it again. Like I played the hell out of it, like a couple hundred hours. That's what I know I will do with that. And when it's a big undertaking that I want to commit to, but when I know I can't, I keep pushing well, it aside. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, well, I want like a month to play this game properly. And I, uh, 
I wait until there's a lull in my gaming. <laughs> well, you waited in. long enough because there's now a director's cut version of it out that has like a whole shit ton of more content. And it's actually um, uh, uh, mastered for PS5. So there you go. Play that version and tell me how Again, it is. There's I a subreddit called Patient Gamers. Yeah. Where people just are fine playing games like years after they come out, wait for them and talk about when they're on sale or when they're for free on some like PlayStation plus, or if they're on game pass or whatever. Uh, game pass is kind of turning me into that person, honestly. Right. Like, You're like, like, why did I pay for this? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, like I was going to uh, add we're this, we're going to move on from this pretty yeah, shortly yeah. here. But um I, I remember when Marvel's Avengers came out, like about, what was it a year and a half ago, two years ago now? Or mm-hmm. no, it was only a year ago. Yeah, it was during the pandemic. Um, it was like uh, like August 2020 or something like that. Uh, I played the beta and kind of enjoyed it. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give this game a shot. But then it came out and I was like, eh, you know what? I'm playing other things now. Things on Game Pass now. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, now's my chance. I'll just play. I was gonna that uh, horror game that was inspired by PT Visage. It's been on my list to buy for quite a while now, and I'm like, oh. And I read uh, like a month or so ago. I'm like, oh, it's actually on Xbox now. Cool. Oh, it's forty dollars. <laughs> and then, like, lo and behold, I get like a notification on my phone like two or three days ago. Now on Game Pass Visage. I'm like, all right. Why do I need to buy games anymore? Uh, yeah, so uh, Ninja Turtles, big uh, cultural uh, touchstone of a lot of uh, uh, 90s kids' childhoods. And uh, I think this is a good time to get start starting the episode. The episode we're watching, it's called The Maltese Falcon. I'm oh, sorry, The Maltese Hamster. Oops, did I just give away the... What it's homaging? Yes, yeah. So the 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 title of the episode, "The Maltese Hamster," is a riff on the classic Humphrey Bogart uh, film noir, uh, "The Maltese Falcon." Uh, great film, widely regarded as being one of the best movies ever made. Uh, I watched it in university, and seen it a few times since. Uh, movie is legit good. I've seen it once about a decade ago. <laughs> But it sticks with you. Like its plot is pretty. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, a great example of characters with not necessarily not necessarily uh, um, insidious motivations, like even the villains. But no one in that story is wholly good either, which is kind <laughs> yeah. of one of the which is kind of one of the tenets of um, uh, uh, film noir. Anyway. Uh, so this episode is kind of a riff on that, uh, and indeed, this episode features a MacGuffin called the Maltese Hamster, the titular I, I MacGuffin. Like yeah, which uh, if anyone out there is wondering what a MacGuffin is, a MacGuffin is a uh, screenwrite script writing term that refers to an object that uh, motivates the characters to do something. Yeah, it's some it's something characters are it's something that just drives the plot forward. It doesn't really matter what it is per se. Yeah. Um the uh suitcase and pulp fiction. Yeah, great example. In fact, that was the example that was given when I was in my first year screenwriting <laughs> class. <laughs> my teacher used that as an as an example. It's a, that, it's because it's a very obvious 
um, modern example of it. Yeah. And to your to your point, you said it doesn't matter what it is or why it's driving the plot forward. Well, and even in the film, the Maltese Falcon, it's never really explained why these characters even want it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> is my memory bad or is it the same setup and that we don't know why it's important? Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> never find it is. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the movie in about five years now, but from what I recall, we never even find out like why, like what's so important about this uh, the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> Do we find out what's important about the Maltese hamster? Uh, uh, we do, actually. We do. <laughs> yeah, it was not what I was expecting. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that uh, you may not be expecting, uh, this this hype uh, this hype ass intro for the yeah. uh, the cartoon. Yeah. So, episode twenty two of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, opens with the. Uh, standard uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, intro sequence. Now, what is important to note about this song, which is catchy as fuck, when I was watching this episode earlier, I was like kind of like low-key, like singing along to it in my head. My partner knew every single word. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I, so do I. Oh, you do too? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, There's a few parts where I'm like, and I don't quite know what it is. I know the uh, tune. So, uh, so the the theme song was written by Chuck Lore, uh, produced uh, sitcom producer extraordinaire Chuck Lore, uh, known for creating uh, shows like uh, Two and a Half Men and The Big Bang Theory, amongst a whole slew of others. In fact, the my partner pointed that out. <laughs> in fact, the the character of Charlie in uh, Two and a Half Men, played by Charlie Sheen, uh, is uh, his job in that show is he writes jingles, yeah. and that was that was kind of a joke because that's what uh, Chuck Lore used to do. He used to write like jingles and like tunes for things before he yeah. got into producing. <laughs> yeah, um, my partner pointed that out, and I'm like, why does that make it worse for you? I'm like, is it just because of Big Bang Theory? <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to say no, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of the Big Bang Theory personally, but. Uh, the creators are fans of money. That's all I know. I, well, who isn't fans of money, right? <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, so the episode opens with the, the turtles walking in the rain and we're getting uh, a uh film noir-esque like gumshoe style uh voiceover narration it was a dark and stormy night in the city that kind of thing it's it's donatello <laughs> yeah it's donatello of and all he's... characters doing it the nerd and the nerd actually and i guess that kind that of makes sense, sense. Yeah. yeah and he changes his voice so that he's like an old gumshoe narrating a film noir and throughout the episode he has this narrative going in his head a few times he doesn't he he says it out loud like it's including not just right in here. his head including and, and right he, here he's talking out loud but none of the characters really acknowledge that he's like <laughs> the, the voice well they they do in the opening uh in this opening scene here in in uh, the opening it's dealt with and then they for, they just let him do his thing 
Yeah, and like one time later on in the episode, he just switches his voice and <laughs> like calls April. It. it calls April like sweetheart, sweetheart, and she does. She, I guess, she's so used to Don Otello being a nerd, doesn't even bring up why he's using a different voice. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that this is actually a really funny episode. This I, is I'm a glad funny we landed episode. on it. This is ridiculous. Oh, I learned some things from my partner um, about the whole jingle and its connections to Big Bang Theory. Um, but uh, she didn't know that the Maltese Falcon was a thing. So really? I may watch it soon with her. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta gotta go back to it. I think there's a uh, Criterion Collection release of it on Blu-ray. Um, mm. I'll, maybe I'll wait until they uh, they come out with a 4K remaster of it because, you know, they will eventually. Yeah. Every, everything's coming 4k people i want to yep. see the pores in the black and white actors faces <laughs> uh, actually those old films because they were shot on film uh operas extremely well yeah it, isn't that weird that well it's because film is like film is very high resolution like traditional like 35 millimeter yeah uh, or 60 millimeter film is very <laughs> high resolution so well, that makes sense. So whenever they do restorations or they do 1080p, yeah, they they go back to the original negatives. So it's still like they go back to the original negatives, convert that to digital, and so it'll still look really, really good. Like obviously, they'll that be makes lim- sense. They'll be limit like technological limitations, like the cameras they were using at the time. But it'll look a lot better than if you. Uh, if you like, say, try and up-res a movie from the '80s that was shot on tape. Yeah, I was gonna say it's tape that are the biggest yeah. problems. Shot yeah. on video, yeah. Being shot on video versus being shot on film, because a lot of movies, especially in the '70s and '80s uh, and '90s, were shooting on video because it was cheaper. Way cheaper. Yeah, I, I don't know much about the subject. I just knew that. I I don't either. Like I I'm a very like casual. I have a I have a casual interest in this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have an in passing interest, even less than <laughs> casual. Uh, uh, speaking of filthy casuals, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the turtles, um, the the turtles uh, encounter like a a big hubbub going on in front of this uh, uh jewelry store. It's a, it's a jewelry store, right? Jewelry, yes. Ju- jewelry. <laughs> a jewelry store. <laughs> yeah, so they happen across it and they find uh, that this guy, uh, the shop owner, is like complaining. He's being interviewed by April O'Neill, uh, which April O'Neill is a reporter for, I think it's Channel 6 News. And she's a friend and companion of the Turtles. Yeah, um, contact liaison. Yeah. Fre- frequently goes off on adventures with them. Weirdly enough, she wears a like yellow like denim jumpsuit. Child me didn't think that was weird. <laughs> Watching this now, it's one like you said it's a jumpsuit. It's one piece and it's like yellow but like the zipper's always open so she's got a little and it hugs her figure and little cleavage yeah little little cleavage here or there and i'm like that was not normal in the 90s or the 80s this is uh, this was never a thing (laughs) it's like i'm fine with the design 
I just find it interesting that she's a reporter and I like, I don't know what that outfit is based on. As far as I know, it's not based on any style that actually existed. Not for reporters or anyone in the, like the, that sector. Like uh, the sector. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, uh, no one ever dressed like that. No, we were, we were alive back then. <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody dressed like that. I, so they, I dig it though. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it was a bank. Uh, I was mistaken. It was a oh, bank. So, it was right, a bank right. that gets robbed. And so well, the, a bunch of things get robbed. But, but in this scene, in, in this scene in particular, like the, so it was a bank and the April's interviewing the, uh, I, I guess the manager of the bank and bank boss. <laughs> um, the world needs only one bank boss snake. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so he's complaining. Yeah, like April asks him, like, oh, uh, what, uh, uh, did, did you see anything? He's like, oh boy, did I ever? Uh, and he is like, oh, they, they, they slice, they use lasers and they, they slice through the bank like it was, like it was chocolate cream like pie. Was... And I was like, what an oddly specific, like, did that guy just have that for lunch? That was very, very specific example. Usually yeah. the example is warm butter. But no. Yeah, usually. But even not, easier than that. Not <laughs> Chocolate <initially>. cream pie. <laughs> so right away, that's one of the first things other than the accent that Donatello has that made me remember like how fun the show is. Yeah. Like it doesn't try to make sense. It just, it just has fun. So we get a montage uh, as the the bank manager continues explaining what happened. We get a montage of the uh, this like group of like mob guys uh, robbing a whole bunch of stuff uh, using like laser laser weapons, future tech, future tech, laser weapons. They have like this mobile, like cannon type thing. They fire a rocket at one point and then they take giant, like backpack vacuum cleaners and start vacuum vacuuming up money and like jewels and all of that. That's a very cartoonic thing that like vacuuming those things is easier than just grabbing them. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I was thinking about this the other day too. Do you remember at this time in uh, uh, like children's fiction, like gangsters were really common enemies. Gangsters were the most common. uh, When the Batman games came back, like Batman's fighting gangsters too, but during this era gangsters, but it's weird. The gangsters are always depicted. Thank you for bringing this up. I was going to actually bring it up on my own. They're always depicted as 1920s gangsters. Yeah. Like nineteen, like or thirties, sorry, thirties, forties, prohibition era, era like gangsters with like the the pinstripe suits and like the the trilbies or the yeah uh, fedoras. And yeah, I just yeah, go go on. It's just funny that gangsters are always portrayed as as uh, as that era of gangster. Well, and I was thinking about this earlier too. Um, the people who are writing uh, cartoons at this time probably well, would have been movies. Well, I was going to say probably would have been old enough 
to at least kind of remember the mob being a thing. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And like that makes sense. Like, I mean, if you figure, like, say in the the late 80s, if you're, I don't know, like 45 or something, like like you're you're still like when you were a kid, like was kind of like the golden uh like the the golden era of like 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 Chicago town like mafia. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, like there were and like it all were, makes sense. <laughs> and there and there were a, a ton of movies about uh about it at the time and so that's the kind of movies like you said movies they would have been growing up watching and not only that there was kind of a resurgence in the 80s of gangster movies there were yeah early 90s late 80s um uh, casino um why can't i remember anything um scarface uh goodfellas goodfellas thank you that's one of my goodfellas probably the most famous of all of them yeah and that was the one I was struggling to <laughs> to think of. Uh, yeah, Goodfellas and Scarface are probably, and Casino, like those three are probably like the. I feel like Casino and Goodfellas is like kind of the same movie. I always get them mixed up because I watched them back to back and they have all the same actors. And they... I was going to say, well, they're both Martin Scorsese films. They <laughs> Casino, I think, only came out like four, like maybe five years after Goodfellas. And they have a lot of the same cast members. Yeah, funny <laughs> enough, it feels though, like an alternate, like an alternate history to Goodfellas, like a like a side story or something. Yeah, like a side story. <laughs> uh, funny enough, I've never actually seen Casino. Uh, I've seen Goodfellas many, many times in my life, but I've never seen Casino. Ooh, uh, I'm I'm a fan, but like I said, they merge together into like one story for me. Yeah. So yeah, we got the Goodfellas, Robin Banks sucking, sucking jewelry stores, <laughs> um, robbing. Uh, they're stealing the quarters out of payphones. <laughs> like they're they're pinching every penny and stealing everything they can. Yeah, and when the the turtles are walking and talking with April O'Neil, and they they come to the conclusion that if. Uh, these gangsters have all this future weaponry, then they got to be in league with the Shredda. April, like they, they got to go talk. To, so April is like, oh, well, you got to go talk to this person. He hangs out at a club called the Meat Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, we, we will, we will get to see it later and I'll, I'll, I'll have things to say about that. <laughs> and then April is like, uh, and they're, and so the turtles are like, okay, we're going to go to the Meat Hook. And April is like, meanwhile, I've got a story to file in 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. And then she immediately like, is like, like gasp. Oh my God. What's that over there? And so they, they all, the so turtle, they, they had walked away from each other a bit. Yeah. So like, they, and they all turn around and they're like, what is it? April is it shredder. And she's like, no, it's an adorable little hamster statue. So they all just go into the antique shop. They go, yeah. It's they in the, all had it, shit to do. It's all in the <laughs> so it's in the window of this antique front window of this antique shop, and they all had shit to do. April was like, "Man, I got twenty minutes to get this story in," and then and they're we, just we like, got to go investigate these crimes. Fuck it, let's go antique shopping. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, uh, 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 all right. Well, you got to live your life too. You can't. You can't uh, 
But I just think it's funny that like antique shopping, okay, but she like made up this in my head. She made up this excuse to get away from the turtles because they're cool in small doses. But I imagine if you hang around with these guys like two, three hours, they they grind on you, <laughs> right? Like, oh, blah, 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 pizza this, master, <laughs> master shredder that, or sorry, a master splinter this, and oh, shredder that. And it's just like, oh, man, these guys are teenagers. I forgot. <laughs> you don't want to hang out with teenagers. Teenagers don't even like hanging out with teenagers. Uh, I certainly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> But yeah, they're antique. And I tell now. myself that's why I had no friends when I was a teenager. That's because right. I just didn't like anyone. That's right. God damn it. <laughs> so, so they go in. So they go into the antique shop. This and, place has uh, not been robbed. This uh, no, this place has not been robbed. And uh, April uh, talks to the the shop owner, and she's like, "Oh, how much for that hamster in the window?" And he's basically like, "For you, lady, a mere twenty shekels." Or a 10. 10 is what he says. 10 shekels. 10 shekels. And then, um, so she buys it. And then uh, Michelangelo, the the pizza hound of the the group. that They all love pizza, but he's particularly obsessed with it. I'm amazed he's, he's particularly not... teenager-y. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, he, you were saying? <laughs> yeah, and he speaks in that, like, surfer dude kind of way. Like, in that, well, Bill and Ted kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Hang 10, man. Uh, well, and Michelangelo is well, my favorite. Well, and really, it's like it's uh, Spicoli from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think was I think was the inspiration for that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you guys had shirts when you came in here. Something happened to them, man. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, it's fun. Yeah. He, so, who, who so, actually orders pizza while he's in class? Yeah. Well, that makes so much go. sense. Yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> Uh, so what happens? He uh, Michelangelo sees an antique uh, like pizza station. It's got like a, a a dough roller, right? Yeah. And he's like, "Whoa, how much for this?" And uh, he's like, "Whoa, can I can I get that kind of deal on this, bro?" And the shopkeeper is like, "No, for you it's twelve forty five shekels," which I'm like. He's making, he also, he doesn't actually say shekels. I can't remember what he says, but it's not dollars. <laughs> it's some, um, yeah. It's some like thing. I like how this giant, like antique, like pizza station and dough rolling, like thing with like, you know, the, the, the clawed foot kind of style. Yeah. It's, it, it's like less than 15 bucks. And I'm like, <laughs> what you, where is this place? Uh, yeah. And also the fact that, uh, like they're making like they're making it out like that's a lot of money because like when you're a kid you have no idea that's infinite money michael <laughs> michelangelo is actually like uh i think he's like a nickel short he's like a he, dime or a nickel short or something like that and nobody's gonna front him april's right there you can't know, give right? the brother 10 cents <laughs> and the shopkeep just won't buzz uh, yeah, uh won't he's budge. like nope um and the weirdest thing happens in this, and I can't remember any terms for it, but it's only so that it makes sense in the plot later. She says, hey, can you have this delivered to blah, blah, blah? And yep. he's like, sure. And there's a kid leaning on his bike in the corner 
And I'm like, what antique shop has a delivery boy? What? Uh, this one, apparently. I, I guess this one. So she. I'm guessing this is probably. I'm guessing this is probably just his kid. That grandson or his or nephew something. or something. Nephew, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, who's just hanging out, and he pays him a little bit, right? And um, she gets it delivered to herself, but she's not home. Uh, that'll come up later, and I'll, I, I'll point that out when it does. Yeah, so she she's like, "Can I get it delivered?" Sure thing, and gives it to the kid, and he gets on his bike to deliver it to yeah. herself. Yeah, which I'm like. <laughs> lady like why don't you just you're going straight to work right after this like you have your own office just carry that shit with you to the office leave it in your office for the rest of the day and then just take take it it. home with you yeah but who's going to be home to collect it if you're in the office well maybe it's like a, a a parcel delivery like they just leave it out front outside your front door thought she was in an apartment building what she is actually whatever she is and Whatever. It, it'll it'll come up lit. Like I said, it'll come up later. I I know. <laughs> it's a de- thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely uh, point that out. Um. Uh, so oh, they... you mentioned her office. We see it later. Wow. <laughs> her office. Holy holy cow. Well, she's a big time reporter at a yeah. uh, at a big uh, news station. I didn't realize she was that high up. High up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they fuck off. Uh. Uh, Michelangelo is lamenting about how he didn't have enough for that pizza, that pizza maker. Yeah. And then wouldn't you know it? Uh, the gangsters show up. Right. Right yeah. afterward. They, they barge in and are like, uh, are like they shake down the shopkeep. They, yeah. They shake down the shopkeep. Uh, they're like, yeah, we're, we're looking for something. We're looking for the Maltese hamster. We're, we're we're looking for that hamster statue. Where is it? And the shopkeep is just like, is like, Mashuga, I just sold it. Yeah. Um, and like they they don't believe him, but he's like he's like, no, I swears it. I I just sold it not five minutes ago. And my partner pointed this out. Like, what reasoning would that guy have to lie to these guys with guns? I, especially for a ten dollar <laughs> hamster, right? Yeah. And so, what do they do? They're like, "Hey, trash the place." Well, I, I like the fact that the uh, the the lead gangster, whose name I can't remember, he's carrying a um, like uh, guitar case type thing. Oh, he's like a violin and, case, a violin case, and he's he says that he has a, a he he was like care to take a look at this Stradivarius I have. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that he which is a, a famous um uh violin maker and there's very yeah. few stradivarius violins in existence uh, yeah i know so I, I i just thought it was a neat little nod also there's a metal band power metal band named stradivarius oh cool i didn't yeah. know that and yeah uh, he opens it up and instead of um so gangsters used to um Carry Tommy um, guns. Carry Tommy guns in cases that m- would make it look like they're. Have you ever seen the movie Desperado? It's kind of like that. They got guns and stuff in like guitar cases or briefcases or something like that, right? I'm pretty uh, sure someone does it in Dick Tracy too. Oh, pr- probably. Which, I don't know uh, where or where it originated, but it's like a trope. Which uh, uh, listeners, Dick Tracy movie, uh, Disney 
yeah, Disney film. Disney film from 1990. Uh, I rewatched it uh, a couple of years ago. That movie holds up fucking exquisitely. I guess I have to watch Dick Tracy too. <laughs> uh, it's on. It's on Disney Plus actually. Uh, but I, I I own it on Blu-ray. Yeah, the movie holds up great. I actually dressed as Dick Tracy for Halloween a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, I remember ago. that. Yeah, that that was a good one. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite so costumes. I've done. I don't I don't know where the trope came from, but weapons stored in music instrument cases. Uh, uh, I think thing. they I, I think they actually did that. That's, no, no, that, think... that's what I mean. Yeah, that, like I was saying, they actually did hide guns and stuff. Um, because of search laws in the US. Yeah. Right? Like you you can pat people down, but you're not allowed to open and look in their backpacks or briefcases or well, you can now, but you didn't used to be able to. Yeah. Nine eleven there, there kind, were... kind of changed everything. Yeah. And uh he opens it up and there's a laser <laughs> rifle <laughs> in it. Some sort of wacky future gun. Yeah. Uh, so Michelangelo finds a a quarter outside the shop. He finds a quarter on the ground. And he's like, "Oh, gnarly! Now I got enough to afford that pizza maker." And so he runs back alone to the shop. I'll be right back, guys. He runs back alone to the shop and goes in the shop. And uh, the the lead gangster guy is like, "Hey, ain't you one of them titles?" The boss is looking for you or something along those lines. Yeah, because his um, disguise gets compromised because his hat is knocked off. I, also, I like how that's an effective disguise is them just wearing trench. That's and iconic, it, right? In the cartoons and the movies. In the like, movies. Yeah, they they just they wear a trench coat trench and coat, fedora. Fedora. Boom. Passes human. They even go through a crowd earlier before they talk to April. Nobody notices that they have giant green like shoeless feet. Yep. <laughs> right? It just nobody nobody looks at each other in the city, right? So they get away with it. But as soon as the hat comes off, hey, wait a second. <laughs> you with them what are them titles? So and, uh, uh, so they, they they start shooting them. Yeah, so they trash the place and end up uh restraining Michelangelo with uh, a TV remote that shoots laser ropes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it, it kind of looks like a like a, uh early star trek the next generation phaser you could say it's a phaser yeah and it, yeah. it shoots like a, a a a ribbon of energy by the way they miss all their other shots at him but this one this thing has a deadly accuracy and they shoot it at him and it wraps some energy bindings around him and they catch him. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, they take off. The, the turtles like run back because uh, they hear the commotion. So they run back to see what's going on. They talk to the shopkeep. The shopkeep uh, fills them in on what's going on. They, uh, they find Michelangelo's hat. And uh, the... Oh yeah, the the name of the the mob guy is the butcher, which is he's the guy that April said that was they could hiding, find that the that meat they could hook. At, at the meat hook club. Um, so that's what they were originally going to do. So it's very convenient that uh, he kind of came to them. 
if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it saves us a trip. It, it does. <laughs> and apparently he's like a notorious like mob boss. Very scary. He seems like a very reasonable person in this episode, however. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than all the bank robbery and kidnapping, like he, he well, seems that's just like harmless theft. He, he seems like an all right guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the kind of guy you want to uh, bring home, meet the family. Yeah. Yeah. He, he'd make a w- wicked pasta sauce. <laughs> <laughs> that's stereotyping. Uh, <laughs> Uh, who cares? Um, so the the turtles go back to Master Splinter and ask him, uh, like they they fill him in on what's going on, and uh, Splinter is like, basically, we got to go save him. Yeah, and he goes uh, with them. Yeah, he goes with them. Uh, and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, they. Uh, oh, right. Um, yeah, we we missed a bit that I uh, actually wanted to bring up. Uh, Leonardo, well, uh, so Michelangelo, or not Michelangelo, uh, uh, Michelangelo Don- was Donat- taken. Don- Michelangelo gets taken. I'm just trying to remember in my head which one's which. Purple Donatello, Leo's yeah, yeah. blue. Yeah. So <laughs> so uh, Donatello and Leo stay in the shop, and uh, Raphael goes outside to uh, to look around. And as he's walking down the street, uh, the limo that has the butcher and uh, Michael An- and his men and Michelangelo oh, right, in it right. comes across them and uh, they start shooting at him. So Raphael runs away and ends up. Uh, and he quite comically is like, he's like, hey, what do you because the, the car pulls up next to him. He's like, hey, what are you looking at? Haven't you ever seen a turtle in a raincoat before? So that's a Raphaelish line. Yeah. And then a comical and, amount of guns. Yeah, the window rolls down and like like a dozen guns just all point out just at him. Ba- like a clown car emptying out with like the, the ends of these like laser guns. I I liked that. They they have fun with this show. So Raphael like runs away and hides behind a, a bizarre like stack of crates. It's in the middle of the street. That yeah. It's in the middle of the street for some reason. So he hides behind it, but it doesn't really do any good because they fire their tractor beam that for some reason goes right through the crates. Right between like a little crack of in between them, I guess. Like th- this guy's a sniper. He never misses with this thing. I, I don't know how, but like you said, it goes right bet- between or through the crates. No, I, 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 it straight up goes right through the crates. I, it's that is not explained. <laughs> And it grabs him. Yeah, so I'm like, okay. So, the, so this beam. thing is like a, uh, a a tractor beam that grabs matter, but it... And uh, they have it set to turtle. Yeah, they have it set to turtle. Oh, God. <laughs> set your phasers <laughs> to turtle. Uh, uh, that also just uh, setting a thing to something <laughs> is something that will definitely come up again later on in the episode. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great gag. So yeah, they uh, they grab Raphael. Yeah, and uh, uh, they they the the butcher and his men uh, drive off with Raphael and Michelangelo. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Leonardo and Donatello go get help from Master Splinter. Uh, 
and they kind of just happen across them. Yeah, so now it's Splinter with them, uh, Leonardo, Donatello, and th- they just happen across them again. Yeah, which it's like, yeah. are, are these, are, are, are these uh, mafioso just kind of patrolling the streets at all well, times? They're, yeah, they're looking for the, the toitles. <laughs> Uh, so the one of the uh, one of the butcher's men ends up like using the tractor beam phaser on Splinter, and it starts to grab him. And then Leonardo does I the stu- stupidest fucking thing. I fucking he, love this. He runs over to the tractor beam and like takes his sword and tries to slash into it, into a, like this like tractor beam. Which ends up just grabbing him and pulling him along too. Yeah, he he hits it with the sword. It does nothing, and because he was running, he just get now gets it pulled into both it. Both yeah. Splinter and and Leo, and I'm like, <laughs> I re I rewinded it to watch it again, and I'm like, what are you what, doing, man? What was your what was your plan here? So Splinter and. Leo are getting sucked in and Splinter turns to Donatello and says, Oh, you must run Donatello. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm brave and, and stuff. And he's all like, I can't remember what advice Splinter gives him, but it's something like, you know, like the, the day is only one. If like, you have to run away sometimes in order to, yeah. to win the day or something. Run, Some wise Splinter run Donatello. Thing. That's an order. So and Donatello- he orders him too. Yeah. So Donatello runs away and then uh, the butcher like grabs out his laser rifle. Uh, he He's shooting at Donatello, doesn't hit him, but then he shoots. Apparently when he's shooting at a building, he's a crack fucking shot. Because he decides to just shoot at a building that Donatello is running along and causes it to and like crumble. the whole crumble. thing crumbles. Crumbles. Was, was that the rocket or was it still just the laser gun? It was just the laser gun. And it crumbles and buries uh, Donatello under rock. And his arm is like sticking out dramatically before yeah. a commercial break. Be- before an obvious commercial break, yeah. They break the fourth wall and point for the, out... For the, another um, commercial break? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. wait for... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that gag. Uh, so we're we're back at... Or we're at April O'Neil's office at uh, the Channel 6 News. Um, fancy ass office yeah and she uh is in her office and her boss and like another dude who works at the uh uh at the station are telling her that she has to like crack the case like she's the only one who can report on this because they're kind of begging her yeah yeah you've got the contact you've got the contacts you've got uh you've got everything you need and uh and then the other one is like and plus everyone else is just too darn scared which i like the i kind of like the implication that april is like literally the only person in this news station who is brave enough to like report on the mob yeah i i really enjoyed that it's she's badass and like even like the men are that she's working with are acknowledging that i i i dig that yeah. Um, there's a shot in this scene where she's sitting on her desk and the camera angle is like from behind her. They really gave her an ass. Oh? Yeah, she's like sitting and leaning on her desk. And um it's a kid's show, but uh 
they they uh they really really gave her uh well they, in in my cut of the episode uh she is sitting in a chair maybe it's maybe, maybe you have the director's later. cut <laughs> maybe i have the director's cut um maybe it's when what i'm thinking of is like when she's leaning on something when they're at her apartment later that might be uh, what i'm perhaps. thinking of perhaps yeah. yeah so outside of her office uh i can't remember what this character's name is but it's like her receptionist one thing i remember as a kid as soon as i saw her i was like i liked her kid yeah. kid me thought she was hot <laughs> i don't know why because you know she's got the big glasses and the uh like the baggy baggy clothes or whatever but i guess i had a type even back then <laughs> Uh, so, uh, she's on the phone, like, t uh, speaking of which, uh, she's on the phone, like trying to ask someone out on a date and it, she's like, oh, well, uh, maybe, uh, how about, uh, how about tomorrow next week? Oh, right. Next month, next year. Ooh. So she's being, she's being shot down. Uh, right. Donatello, uh, wanders in all wounded and she's like, oh, which one are you? And he's like, oh, I'm Donatello. I'm so injured. Uh, which one are you? Yeah. Hey, which one are you? I like that she can't tell them apart. Yeah, I, think I barely can. Uh, well, originally they were all the same because it was yeah. black and white. Yeah. Um, it was only when they saw oh, the deal. With, even when the comics went to color, like they, they still were all had red. The same, they still had the same colored band. They it was actually it was a thing for the cartoon that they did uh when they did the deal they wanted a way to tell them apart to, to give them so, personalities and yeah yeah so kids could differentiate between them lo and yeah. behold i'm 36 and still having trouble with it <laughs> um I, I don't remember because of their colors i remember because i associate their personality with their colors and then the, the names i go through weird mental hoops too remember things for me when i was a kid it was their weapons mostly iconic right they have a Leo. color a personality and a weapon type yeah yeah <laughs> irma uh, that's the irma. secretary's name i always i always remembered leonardo had swords uh michelangelo had nunchucks donatello had a bow staff and uh rafael had sigh you know who else has nunchucks oh um i i'm guessing uh i'm guessing you're gonna say you <laughs> uh i always knew it i knew a kid when uh actually I was when i was that was I, me yeah <laughs> well i when i was uh when i was a kid actually around the time i would have been watching this there was a kid i think his name was mikey uh, mikey had... <laughs> no I, I i shit you not his name was mikey um and uh he had a set of nunchucks he was a few years older than i was i was like four or five at the time and i think he was like nine or ten uh but he was kind of a shit. uh he he if i recall correctly he got them taken away because he beat another kid up with them did he were they like wood yeah yeah that that's a weapon <laughs> my dude <laughs> yeah he is a little shit. um so he was a little shit, yeah nose. All kids with nunchucks were little shits. So don't break my nose. These are actually a foam. Oh, that's yeah. But they're weighted and like, man, you they still they still hurt. 
Um, foam ones are the way to go, the way to practice. Uh, I would, wouldn't even use realistic ones because I would like shatter my like actual wood ones or fuck metal ones or ones with like lead weights on the inside. Like they could really mess people up. Um, but yeah, uh, chain tethered weapons are illegal in the country we reside in. <laughs> um, and it's not like you can't own them, but like you absolutely can't, even though these are foam, anything with a, a tether, yeah, a flail, nunchucks, whatever, big no-no. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so so don't go uh, walking down the street carrying them is what you're saying. No, um, oddly enough, you can walk down the street with an axe, uh, with a samurai sword, but it needs to be visible. It can't be concealed. I, uh, I I knew I knew a guy when I was younger who used to walk around with a just with a katana around his waist all the I time. I knew you were gonna say katana. <laughs> and yeah, he was that kind of fucking guy. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't stand that dude. You do nunchuck kids and and katana guys. It, so what's going on here? We can't tell the difference between the turtles, right? <laughs> Ain't uh, you? Which one are you? <laughs> I'm Donatello. So Donatello fills April in on what's going on, and then we cut away to the butcher. That might have uh, been the moment when he was filling in her. She was leaning on a desk. Oh, yeah. She was, like, sitting back on it. There's a camera angle from behind and uh just saying uh april's got a dump truck <laughs> oh yeah she she's got a pixar mom booty she's got a pixar mom booty <laughs> uh yeah, so we, we cut away to uh, the butcher in an office and he's talking on a like big ass computer monitor to the shredder. Yeah. So they we're we're filled in that uh the we're filled in on the fact that uh the shredder through some expository dialogue that the shredder uh armed uh this mob group uh with uh futuristic weapons from Dimension X or wherever, all these laser weapons and all of that. So he could uh, take over the city and like run all the racketeering rings. But in exchange, he has to uh, uh, find them the the Maltese hamster. And I'm like, that is a. You just helped them make millions of dollars because presumably they robbed all the banks. Yep. Uh, But I'm like, that's not a good trade off. (laughs) No, and I'm like. Shredder, like you, you have Rocksteady and Bebop, you have the Foot Clan. Just go fucking find the thing yourself. Like, like, why do you? <laughs> this is a very convoluted but, plan. And not only that, now they have the same weapons you have. So you're smack talking them, but there's more of them than than you and like, right? Like, it's a mob. And you just gave them the same weapons you have. So like, what leverage do you have over them now? And I was expecting, maybe it's just because of my expectation of tropes. I was expecting them to be like, actually, Wee's calls the shots now. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I was expecting things to go. But it seems like that. Yeah, it seems like the butcher isn't interested in that, though. He, He just wants to be in charge of the mob and make money. Like he, he doesn't care about Shredder's uh, goals. Nope. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to get it for you. 
Yeah, and we searched Shredder- every antique place in the city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you can probably guess what I'm laughing about. Yeah. I knew we we searched every antique place in the city and uh Shredder is like one of the devices I generously gave you is a superconducting magnet. Just set it to antiques. Every antique shop within a 50 mile radius and we'll pull the antiques straight to your headquarters. Yeah. yeah. He, he gives them a time, a deadline of midnight to, to get it. Meet me at the docks at midnight or else. So the butcher goes over to this uh, superconductive magnet and has a dial on it. Let's dis- dissect this for a moment. Yeah. Because it, it's a wild assortment of things. So we got, we got toys home furnishing, men's underwear, and antiques. And antiques. Those are, those are just the ones that we see. Yeah. So th- this superconducting magnet, like magnet, let's... Uh, I'm using quotes, yeah, it's a magnet. Yeah, the, 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 this isn't science class, so we're not going to explain to you exactly how magnets work, but like generally they only work on things made of metal. Um, this is this is this is from Dimension X, man. Oh well, well there you go. So let, let let's break this down. So we got toys. I mean, obviously. Yeah. When you home, want to be a menace to children. Home furnishings. When you want to be a menace to parents. Yeah. So menace to kids. Menace to parents. Menace to mom. Oh, mom. Home furnishing. Menace to mom. Men's underwear. Menace to dad. And antiques menace to grandpa, grandpa and there grandma. There you go. So you can ruin everyone, <laughs> everyone in the whole family's day. Uh, my partner was like, "Isn't it kind of telling that Shredder has a setting for men's underwear?" And I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> no, no, you're looking. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Just saying. Have you seen Shredder with a girlfriend?" I, uh, I I like our um, uh, I like our uh, our little hypothesis that we came up with for that. The which hypothesis? Uh, just like the the men's underwear is just to terrorize dad. Home furnishings oh, it's just to terrorize to, mom. And the it's just to anti- terrorize the whole family. <laughs> yeah, to terrorize the whole family. Yeah, one yeah. one by one. Yeah, yeah. You can't make them all suffer. It can't just grab all of those things at once. Yeah. Right. You need to you need to slowly roll out the the torment. <laughs> so they turn the uh, butcher turns the device on and it lo and behold it starts pulling antiques like out of store windows. But like levitating them and making them go down the street very slowly. That's not how, how physics work. Do. <laughs> hey man, uh, maybe it's how these physics works. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, so we, uh, Donatello and April are walking and talking while this is going on. And then we have, like, probably my favorite scene in the whole episode. Uh-huh. Where they happen across the cop. Undercover, like, gum show. Yeah. He's wearing a trench coat and a fedora, just like Donatello. 
Yeah. And so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over this line for line because I love the shit this guy says. This is this is good writing. <laughs> He's like, hey, just where do you think you're going? Uh and Donatello is like, uh just out for a stroll, Kappa. I'm like, I'm like, all right, all right. Good power, good power move right there. Yeah. Uh he's like, go home, you two. Finding the butcher is a job for us pros. And Donatello's like, huh, all you flatfoots can do is find a donut shop. Um <laughs> now listen, gumshoe, don't go sticking your green nose in police business. <laughs> And then he looks away and he's like, green nose. And then completely changes his tune. He's like, hey, 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 and a nice outfit. And April asks if they can, if they can go. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. But let me give you a piece of advice. Stay off of my beat. And I'm like, this guy is clearly a detective, not a beat cop. Like based on how yeah, he's dressed. So it's funny beat, beat, that... beat, beat cops don't dress like that. Well, no, they're um, they're usually on foot citizens that patrol a certain neighborhood. Well, they're, in well area. They're, they're not citizens, no. But like, or, beat cops I don't know why always, I said citizens. Um, beat cops are always in they're in unis, uniform. They're in unis. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they they're the they stereotypical walk guys that blow a whistle and and chase criminals down the street. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He, or, he's or they're presumably or they're, a detective. Or they're Sean Connery with a billy club. <laughs> yeah, the Everbilly Club. Whistle, you ever see yeah. the Untouchables? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking really good movie. Very historically inaccurate, but highly entertaining. So yeah, this is a detective, but he's also a, a beat, beat cop. cop. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, leave finding the butcher to us detectives." And I'm like, "Dude, the, it seems very common knowledge that he owns a a club called the Meat Hook." What do you, what do you, how are you still looking for him? Also, April knew that and told yeah. them. So how does this, she's a reporter. How does this detective not know where the butcher is? Whatever. Uh, she's got the inside scoop. She's got the inside scoop. Contacts. Yep. She's got contacts. And she never reveals her sources. Never. Uh, so yeah. So, uh, the, the cop is like, let me give you a piece of advice. Uh, He's like, don't talk to strangers. They're like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. And he's like, and don't eat candy without a wrapper. And he's like yelling this advice at them as they're like running down the yeah. street. And look both ways before crossing the street. <laughs> I mean, all sound advice. All sound advice and the kind of things that uh uh like you tell kid, the shit that, that you that you tell the kids, yeah. I, I like that because it is a kid's show. So Kids have heard that like a hundred times, right? Don't talk to strangers. Don't eat candy without a wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally made it to the meat hook. The place was a zoo. Well, more like a more like a butcher shop. Anyway, it this was looks crowded. like a hip happening place. Anyway, it was crowded. <laughs> uh, so there's lots of punks. You know, like there's a classic. There's a like classic like grand piano uh this meat hanging there from... there's literally meat hanging from the ceiling yeah like in a in a, a butcher freezer yeah yeah and um, uh they just walk into like the vip <laughs> like area there's no bouncers anything they just 
walk into where the gangsters are hiding. Yeah, they go right into the VIP area <laughs> with uh, without any protest. And uh, uh, back in the back in the office, which is where they're heading in the, the VIP area, uh, uh, the butcher's dude is like rummaging through like a bunch like a trash heap of uh, uh, of antiques. And he's like, no, boss, it's not here. I'm telling you. So the uh, uh, the the butcher uh, goes over and calls Shredder up again, and I was mistaken earlier. This is where Shredder is like, "Oh, you have until I don't care what you right. have to do. You have until midnight. Right. We'll, we'll I'll I'll be at the docks." Yeah, and um, they overhear this because they're hiding, they're sneaking. I, I do like that the butcher actually kind of stands up. He like he kind of gets sick of Shredder talking down to him, and he kind of yeah. stands up to him. He's like, "Hey, don't go blaming us, Metal Mouth." <laughs> right? Yeah. I I kind of like the butcher in this episode. It seems like a not entirely unreasonable mob boss. Yeah. He <laughs> he's he's used he's used to doing business, you know. And whereas, yeah, he's a businessman. Whereas Shredder is more of a like brutal dictator. Tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, looky what we got here. So uh it turns out um Donatello and April were eavesdropping on them and uh they figure it out. Big fight ensues. Yeah. They're hiding behind a lot of boxes. A lot of boxes strategically placed around this episode. Yeah, it's like uh uh it, it it's the the turtle maneuver. Yeah, the turtle maneuver. Hide behind boxes. Hide but behind, as we've seen, hide behind boxes. The phaser. Yeah, uh, that, can go through boxes. Yeah, it didn't work so well for Raphael earlier. No, we we have uh, listeners. We have uh, another show called Too Much Energon where we talk about Beast Wars and its various related media. Uh, and we have a recurring joke on that show uh, that we call the maximal maneuver because very, especially in the first season, very common. A very common thing would be during battles, you would see Maximals just hiding behind rocks. Yep. <laughs> Best uh, way to avoid missiles and uh, lasers. Yeah. You know? But uh, how's the turtle maneuver working? Well, better than Raphael's. Yeah, and uh, a battle ensues. They, like, throw stuff at each other, and uh, they, they get away. Yeah, they get away. And so they're they they go to uh, April's place, and instead of going through the front door because this is her fucking house, this is her apartment. Instead of going through the front door, they climb up the side of the building and go through the window. And when she asks why, because it's ridiculous, he says, "All right, dollface, they might be scoping the place." See, or he says something <laughs> like that, and I'm like, you know, that's fair. But you're in an alleyway that is really easily visible if somebody was parked across the street. Yeah, especially since, like, as they're climbing up, they actually stop to chat. They stop to chat, and there's a woman, an adult woman, wearing a yellow jumpsuit on the back of a Ninja Turtle. In a trench coat. (laughs) That's a lot more conspicuous on the side of a building than if they had just walked through the front door. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> so they go into the window. They go through the window. They get to I- I- inside of her apartment. And wouldn't you know it, just in time that uh, 
the Maltese hamster that uh the delivery the kid, boy that that the delivery boy was set to deliver uh but he's shows been on up. a bike and they've been walking around on foot and getting up to hijinks Wh- whatever <laughs> and like how long has it even been really like it's had to have at least been a few hours by this point yeah because they've been to the the club they've been to the office they've been fighting back and forth yeah yeah they went and visited and they're splinter on yeah and they're on foot yeah but this kid on a bike has spent this whole t- maybe it's a weird plot it's it's weird part of the plot she gave it to him to deliver and he's just delivering it now yeah also why are they on foot they have a van yeah it's it showed them hoofing it around the city on foot this whole episode yeah <laughs> they have a van just especially when time is kind of of the essence here like you want to save your bros like and, and usually they there isn't a a time Donat- limit on these kind of things, but they have until midnight. Yeah. And Donatello is even, if I remember correctly, Donatello is even the one who drives the van most of the time. Is it Leo or Donat? Whatever. He can he can drive the van. <laughs> yeah. So why aren't they? Or April like works for a news station. She's got like, her news van. Yeah. Which we, in the live action movie, we actually see quite a bit. Um, so like. Well, she so can't just... grab a cab. Why are the streets so empty? <laughs> Have you noticed that there's like, other than the mobsters, there's like no traffic? <laughs> well, you see, that would uh, that would cost money because they would That's have to. That's a lot more moving parts to animate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot more things to draw. So Donatello had come to the conclusion, because he was eavesdropping, that they were, that um, this is very, very, very important to Shredder. More so than millions of dollars that the mafia has, uh, that the mob has stolen from the city. Yeah. Plus like not even just like, uh, cold, hard cash, but also, uh, like all the antiques that they stole with the superconductive and the $10 magnet. antiques that they stole from across town <laughs> and the hey, children's toys and <laughs> hey, if, men's you steal, underwear. if you steal like thousands of $10, uh, antiques, like that's just going to add up. It, that's true. <laughs> Especially if you, Oh, um, Michael, Mikey can get his uh, pizza antique pizza maker now. Oh, there you go. Well, you know, as soon as it doesn't show where they're tied up or where they're being kept this whole episode, but they're being kept because you know what? I, I didn't even phone. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like, and the turtles are pretty damn resourceful. You think if oh, they're yeah. just like tied up somewhere, they could have escaped by now. But this is like a a, a Donny episode. Right, like it's his his wits that need to get them through that. But yeah, they after they're they're uh, taken and restrained, you never see them until the end of the the episode. Yeah. I yeah, I didn't even think of that until you pointed. And like it out. you said, they usually don't they usually don't lose. They're they're really crafty and resourceful. They're ninjas, damn it. <laughs> but in this case, no, they're at the mercy of. They've the mob. got turtle power. Yeah, they're at the mercy of the mob and. Uh, they come up. Doesn't Donatello visit the mob a third time in the same office? He does, and uh, puts a muscle on the door. These <laughs> these turtles are really easy to see, right? I, I love Donatello's plan here. He's this like is crazy. Yeah, he mentions in his voiceover uh, narrative that like uh, he just needs like 
he has a plan and he just needs like one gizmo to pull it off. <laughs> and, I, I uh, thought this was pretty great. And uh, so, yeah, back at the, uh, the, the butcher and his uh, VIP office, um, they, whatever they're doing, they get interrupted by a TV with Donatello on it. Hijacking the airwaves, seemingly. Yeah, going all Max Headroom. And uh, they they think Donatello is dead at this point, for some reason. So presumably because... Oh, because they buried him in the rubble. Yes, they buried him in the rubble, but then after that, because remember him in April a few minutes ago. Yeah, they saw him. I didn't think of that until just now. But maybe they didn't recognize... No, no, they're pretty recognizable. Yeah, wait a sec. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, continuity error. Continuity error. I watched the I watched movie good. The movie good. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Brody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so they're like, "Hey, wait, ain't you dead?" And they're talking to the TV. And he, yeah, and he tells them he's like, "I, I, I know what you're looking for, and I have it." And they're like, well, give it to us. And he's like, he's like, well, you can have it, but first you got to tell me why the Shredder wants it so much. And they're then, talking to the TV. They, by they're the talking way, to and they the don't TV. Think that it's weird that it's responding. They're talking to the TV in and real this time. Is, this, this is, is hilarious. Long, this is long before the days of FaceTime, folks. Yeah, the, and I'm like, wait a second. How is he? T- Whatever. Donatello's smart. He's like a tech genius, right? And then he's like, you're going to have to tell me why Shredder wants the the Maltese hamster. And the mob boss, who has no reason to do this, goes, okay. And goes into story time. (laughs) This is what I mean. This is when I was like, the butcher ain't so bad. And straight up goes into story time, like, once upon a time. (laughs) And he gets this, like, really derpy voice. Okay. um... Once there was this evil scientist who lived on the island of Malta. He was the greatest scientist in all of Malta. He was also the only scientist in all of Malta, which he kind of sounds like Slash from Reboot. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. There was a once upon a time, <laughs> but yeah, you were saying there's a scientist on Malta. Hey, maybe it was him. You know what? I'm gonna look it up. In voice the, actor. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna look it up on. Go, uh... go on, be free, little one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm voice gonna of the butcher. Yeah, yeah gonna, so basically I go is, to IMDB and look it up right now. So basically it has been revealed that um the scientist um accidentally discovered a really powerful um source of fuel chem- source of fuel and energy um but in its creation the scientist that created it exploded his workshop and died. Right. Okay. Um, but before he died, he had written down the formula for um, this energy source and he had stored it in, inside the Maltese hamster. I know it's really, this is needlessly <laughs> complex. Yeah. And shredder knows about this. And it's enough to power up uh, the Technodrome so that he can take over the world again. Yeah. 
really weird like exposition from um from this mob boss <laughs> okay so uh the guy who voices butcher is peter renaday who also voices splinter incidentally enough but oh. uh he is not the guy from reboot he just sounds a lot like him he's just using a voice yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh he tells all of this to donatello tv like for free that's why i was like hey this butcher guy he seems like a reasonable man yeah and donatello is like he just pulls the tv off of his head gotcha (laughs) so he before all of this started he had just crept back into their office and put his head into a tv frame yeah yeah and they're like hey wait a second (laughs) (laughs) where was the part where um he breaks the fourth wall Oh, did we pass uh, that? We we did, yeah. What what was the line? I, I can't quite remember, but it was like uh, I'm uh, going back because I think it was right before the TV bit. Yeah. Where was it? And to do that, I needed one simple piece of equipment. Uh... Yeah, sorry folks. There's a there's a funny part here. We're just kind of zipping through. And base basically the gist of it is he's like, um, and then and then it all came fading to black. Or or something like that. And or um and and I found out right after this. Right. So he acknowledges the the commercial break. Uh, yeah, I, he says something along the lines of like uh, uh, the one I, I don't know, blah blah. But the one thing I do know is that it's time for a break. And then yeah, the camera, there, there like, we go. Fa- yeah, and then the camera fades to black. It it's along those lines. Yeah, uh, and I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. I didn't realize it was so. I knew it was tongue in cheek, absolutely. But I I appreciate that. Uh, so they so they go to the docks and. Um, uh, Shredder shows up in one of those like one of those like drill things. It's a drill thing, but it comes out of the water, drills through the bottom of the pier, the dock. I mean, <laughs> and lands on the top. And, I'm like, and then opens up in the water, and is apparently full of water and fish. <laughs> I love that, and they're coughing as if they were about to drown. Yeah, which I'm like this. You'd think this thing would be waterproof. Like it's designed to go to go through the ground. (laughs) It's it's dirt proof, but not not waterproof. And (laughs) Shredder gets like angry and um, blames Rocksteady and Bebop, and it was like, "It's not my fault. I I can't drive," or something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, Shredder. So I forgot the main. A lot of the themes of this is that he gets. Rocksteady and Bebop to do something that he should do, and he always pays for it. <laughs> something always bad happens, and he blames uh, them for it. And it's like Shredder. I know you're a busy guy, but doesn't that uh, kind of remind you of uh, a villain from a certain uh, mainframe cartoon that we may have a- another podcast dedicated to? Very intelligent and competent, but still gets complete imbeciles to do. 
the yeah. majority of his grunt work. Yep. And then blames them when, when, when it do doesn't it work, when he should have just done it himself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, l- <laughs> listeners, we're talking about uh, Reboot, uh, the Megabyte, the the uh, villain of the uh, 90s show. Another mob boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a podcast called uh, Alphanumeric where we uh, basically do what we're doing here, but it's, uh, it, it's all dedicated to Reboot and it's uh, all every episode one at a time. And very much so, he is a scary boss who seems surprised and angry whenever his henchmen always fail. <laughs> yeah. But still keeps them employed because, uh, well, so what, what do you want? So uh, Donatello hands over uh, the, the Maltese hamster to, uh, to, to Shredder in order to get the turtles back they do like a prisoner exchange type thing yeah and shredder opens up the uh the maltese hamster and on the inside is the formula for this power source and he's like my formula the technodrome will rule will roll again yeah um and then uh lo and behold like april o'neill is up on a uh, a rooftop playing on a fun- shack somewhere near the the, yeah, on the pier playing fucking sniper wolf up there with a laser <laughs> pistol <laughs> and just like yeah yeah apparently she's a crack shot with a laser with a laser gun and she she shoots uh the 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 maltese hamster and melts it yeah it just fucking melts and shredder's like my formula no and wait a he, second that was from a laser gun the turtles have no such weaponry you must have done it, Butcher. And I'm like, <laughs> how did you not see where that came from? She's like 15 feet over there. But here's the funny part, too, that we glossed over. Part of Donatello's agreement to give them the, the mobsters, the Maltese Falcon, Maltese Hamster, um, was that they weren't allowed to, he didn't want to see them with any weapons. So they hid them in the car. So Shredder's oh, right, right, right there looking at the mobsters and they're not holding any <laughs> weapons. And he's like, laser weaponry. The turtles have no such weapons. It must have been you. And the mobsters are like, bro. Hey, by the way, like, there's only like four of them. Yeah. In the whole episode, there's only four, four of these guys. And they just look at each other and they're like, bro, <laughs> look, we're not holding anything. And uh, uh, he orders. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Shredder is like, "Oh well, you didn't uh, make you didn't make good on our deal, so you don't get to have those weapons anymore." And then he's like, "He's but like, he did he gave be- it to them?" <laughs> he's like, "Bebop, teleportation ray." And so Bebop gets out this gun that is able to just he and he shoots it at the limo, and it's able to just teleport the guns from inside the limo inside back, back the- into the the drill. The, to the technodrome, thing. actually. Well, it, it tell does it teleport to the technodrome or does it, it teleports teleport? them to the technodrome because they retreat because they don't have any weapons? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And Shredder <laughs> said, and Shredder even says, "I teleported my weapons back to the technodrome." But how did he know that their weapons were in the limo? <laughs> they hit them. <laughs> Maybe um, uh, Bebop's glasses are X-ray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. 
Oh, not, nothing makes sense. It's like we had recently reviewed the tick on the laser comb podcast. At a certain point, it's so ridiculous. You don't bother questioning it anymore. Questioning any single thing. <laughs> Anyways, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they, they're free, right? And they're like, oh, it's the turtles. And Shredder and the gang has to leave because they don't have any weapons. Because they just teleported them back and they didn't bring any with them in the, the drill for, show. For some reason. But I'm like, it's like you. T- so you told the the mob guys like no weapons, but like, why wouldn't you bring weapons? You're the one setting the terms here. Yeah, and Donatello was the one who set the terms for the mob, not not Shredder. Yeah, or maybe they all had to follow that in order to get the Maltese hamster. I don't know. <laughs> okay, sure. yeah, that makes sense. Sure, they didn't bring any because yes, yeah, Shredder's an honorable person. <laughs> Just stash some weapons. He he's a samurai, and so yeah. they, yeah, and so they, so Shredder and uh, Rocksteady and they Bebop, fuck, yeah, they 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 pimp away. They they drill another hole in the dock to get away, and I find it amusing that there are two big holes in the docks. Would realistically, this dock would have just been ripped, would have just come apart by this point. I I don't even structurally, yeah, like. I, if they could go in through the bottom and land, like why not just not go through whatever docks <laughs> are very hardy. They have multiple support structures, but regardless, all of a so sudden the, the turtles are free. The turtles are free. And Shredder's they're like, gone. they're like, shit. Well, we wanted to kick some, we wanted to kick someone's ass and now shredder fucked off. And they oh, turn wait, and they the look mob at guys the mob, are still there. And the mob guys are like, Uh, you got us. Yeah, <laughs> you don't fight Surrender. them. They're, their guns are gone. Yeah, not one has a normal gun, or like a, a switchblade, <laughs> a Chicago typewriter. Nothing. <laughs> so yeah, they don't get to fight actually, like anything in this whole episode. <laughs> we made quick work of the butcher and his mob and left them for the police. They were given a collective sentence of eight hundred and forty-three years. For robbery, racketeering, and tearing those little tags off of mattresses. <laughs> the monsters. <laughs> As for Shredder, we knew we'd see him again. He's the bad penny that keeps turning up. <laughs> the rotten apple that spoils the bunch. The moldy anchovy that ruins the pizza. Oh. I feel <laughs> that. <laughs> Amazing writing for Donatello and his like detective voice, by the way. Throughout the whole episode. Yeah. Um, I actually like anchovies on pizza. Not moldy anchovies, but uh, I I actually like anchovies. Quite I, a bit. I don't mind them with certain... You need to flavor balance the, the saltiness. Like yeah, anchovies totally. and olives and pepperoni? Too, too much salt, man. Have you ever had a puttanesca sauce? Because that has anchovies and black olives in it. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's very, it's, very good. It's my favorite type of, well, one of my favorite types of pasta sauce, but yeah, it's very, very salty. You gotta, yeah, you gotta flavor balance it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has, I think it has quite a bit of sugar in it too, to like try and take away some of the saltiness. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. So that's the episode. 
And yeah, that's it. The Donatello special. He intros which, and outros the episode. Which sounds like the name of a pizza, actually. The Donatello special. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why why isn't there a Toidles themed pizza restaurant? There's uh, probably gotta, because there's gotta be somewhere. Right. And I understand um like intellectual licensing. property and licensing yeah. or whatever, but you can name pizzas after them. Like the name Donatello isn't now, if you put a Ninja Turtle picture on the box, no, you're you're in trouble. But there's nothing stopping you from calling something like the Donatello or the Raphael. Those are names. Yeah, the Master Splinter. Yeah. <laughs> Master Splinter. You know what? What would be on, on the Donatello special? What would be on the Donatello special? Um, he strikes me as a guy who probably has mild tastes, so nothing spicy. But like because he's smart. Maybe something maybe something kind of Mediterranean. I was kind of feeling that like feta. Like feta, tomatoes, maybe, maybe some spinach, tomatoes. Spinach, tomatoes. Yeah, maybe it's um a vegetarian one, like feta instead of just like cheddar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Spinach, tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Michelangelo would have like extra his, cheese. The the Michelangelo special would be like extra cheese, and it would have like it, it would have like ten toppings on it. It would just be loaded oh, with stuff. Yeah, it'd have anchovies, chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have like uh, pineapple, pepper, pepperoni, Absolutely. pepperoni, sausage, ham, bacon, pineapple, banana peppers. <laughs> anchovies Extra cheese anchovies like so it's basically a meat peppers. lovers with a lot of fucking it, colorful yeah 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 what the leonardo be i think the leonardo the leo? the leo would probably be like a uh it would be on alfredo instead of pizza sauce all right yeah i could see yeah. that yeah and it would probably be like or barbecue sauce right like a barbecue chicken kind of thing but it would be on a different sauce yeah, like a like a like a white sauce, like a Alfredo or like a a garlic a garlic yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah, an Alfredo, uh, yeah, an Alfredo or a garlic sauce, and uh, maybe probably maybe have like uh, capicoli on it. Chicken oh, there we and go. Capicoli. There we go. Yeah, and uh, broccoli. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> now the Raphael meat lovers. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Or would the Raphael like shamelessly be like tomatoes? Sorry, um, shamelessly be like pineapple and like things that people don't like. No, actually, I think the Raphael would probably be really spicy because he's kind of got the most attitude out of all of them. Okay, so it'd be spicy. Yeah, so yeah, banana, it, banana peppers. It'd have banana peppers. It would have like some like crazy type of pepper on it. It would have like... Uh, like just spicy. It would probably have like a couple spicy meats on it. Oh, the spice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, hit you hard. Oh, might be like a curry, like based um, sauce instead of like tomato sauce. Mm. Yeah, now or we're getting an, um, uh, an, uh, our, if I'm, I'm butchering the pronunciation of this, but like uh, uh, a beata sauce. Right, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that too. Um, but it, it's a tomato sauce, but it's spicy. 
Yeah, it's one. It's one of my favorites, actually. Alarabiata. Oh, okay. Arabiata. Arabiata. There we go. There we go. There we go. We, we figured it out. So I think, I, I, yeah, the, the, the Raphael would have that kind of sauce on it. Yeah. Nobody else would like it. Whatever. <laughs> Something right. weird to like balance it though, too. Like pears. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the master splinter would be the curry one. Oh, that would be the curry one. And that would have like, you know how they're like pierogi or pear. Yeah. Like yeah. toppings like and goat cheese. Yeah. It would have like healthy things like that on it. Pierogi pear. Yeah. The, um, the, the shredder. Uh, the shredder. <laughs> The the I, the shredder would be like a trolling pizza and just be like a super like vegan thing. Um, pineapple for sure, shredded pineapple. <laughs> shredded pineapple, shredded ham. Yeah, shredded. Oh, there ham. you go. Everything on it is shredded. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but definitely, like you said, if it's a troll pizza, it's it's it has pineapple on it because that's so divisive. Or the um. The April O'Neil can be the vegan pizza. Yeah. Or the April O'Neil or the Casey Jones. Actually, I like the Casey Jones being the, the vegan one. Yeah. 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 No Casey anyway. Jones this episode, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway. That was, I, that... I dredged up my Casey Jones shirt just for the this recording. I was noticing that. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. I, I kind of dig it. It was like $5 sweet. at um, Spencer's or something when they're doing the sale where you like buy one, get one free kind of deal. And I'm like, what? Casey Jones shirt. And the people that worked there didn't even know who that was. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my heart. Um, <laughs> I've told this story on air on our some other podcasts we've done. I, I was actually thinking about this earlier. This is a, a pretty relevant place to talk about it. Oh, my rant about my workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it away. Yeah, uh, I was starting. I, I had grave shift, grave graveyard shift at a, a hotel. And I was starting at night, and during the exchange, there's a lot of staff that are finishing for the day, staff arriving, right? So there's like you know six people in the office, and. Um, Right away, before like Domino's closes, um, my coworker that's going to be working with me overnight is like, hey, man, um, what, what pizza you want? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, all right, it's a pizza night. And people just kind of like looked at me because I was making a weird like Michelangelo voice. Or I said, far out, pizza night. Um, and people like looked at me and I was like, you know, Calabunga, you know, TMNT again, there's like five people in the office and the, the guy that recommended it to me, he's like, come on guys, Ninja Turtles. And he's Gen X. So he's very aware of what Ninja Turtles is. And he is a nephew. Yeah. So yeah. he was an adult through the eighties and nineties very much knows what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is. Now keep in mind, I'm like 27. I'm only about five-ish years older than the youngest person in the office there. A lot are closer to my age, but they're all younger. 
and they look at me and James like we're, we're crazy, my coworker. And I'm like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And one of them is like, oh, um, there was like a, like a CGI movie like a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, the, the one that came the out in like 2013 Oh, sorry, that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I like, think it was oh, just right, called right. I think it was just called TMNT. It's just called TMNT. And I'm like, did none of you remember Pizza Hut at all in the 90s? I, I'm not that much older than you guys. How do you there's still toys? It's still on TV. Like, how it's like a huge franchise. How do you guys not know what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are? Yeah, it never really went away. It's it's never gone away. And you're and the person that was like, Oh, there was like a movie. I'm like, you're two years younger than me. How do you what am I in a weird dimension where nobody knows what Teenage Mutant? Even if you didn't watch it, how did you how do you not know it exists? And the guy, right. I shit you not, born the same year, born the same month as me, who's like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, and they had like a rat, like, like, like sensei or whatever. And I'm like, you're acting like this is a distant like memory. Like you don't pretend you don't know his name is Splinter. <laughs> and even though I am like geek light, um, film studies light, like by no means an expert on comics or film or any of that stuff, I was like the nerd of the office. And I'm like, because I know who Master Splinter is. And I'm like, you're, tw you're 22. And I'm like 27. How do you know, not know what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is? Guys, come on. And I was, I was flummoxed. I was flabbergasted, flabbergasted I even <laughs> that this group of five, six people, one person knew what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was and everyone else either had no idea or had like distant memories or had seen a poster or a, like a trailer on YouTube or something. And I'm like, for like a movie. And I'm like, I, huh. I guess people live in different worlds. I thought I was the riding bikes, jumping on trampoline kid that didn't watch a lot of TV and, and movies, but whatever these people were doing. Maybe, maybe they were traveling. They were those kind of kids. Rich that kids just, that like traveled. Yeah. Went, went to Disneyland. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Went to Disneyland in Tokyo. Disneyland <laughs> Paris. Yeah. 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 Too cool to watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's my rant of my shock that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is not like world renowned. I, I think it is. I think it is. And this was just a, a weird freak incident of like a number, all the people in the entire city I live in, in one that don't know about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just happened to room. all like converge <laughs> in, in on that one location at that moment in time. Yeah. That a weird freak phenomenon. <laughs> uh, speaking of weird freak phenomenons, uh, that was episode 22 of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was fun. It was dumb. I, it was absolutely bananas but i i in a good a, way i had a riot watching it i'm like this is this is like hilariously stupid this and is it exactly know, and it how knows it is it. <laughs> it's exactly how i remember it and probably better because when you're a kid you don't know that it's a reference to the maltese falcon you don't get the stereotypes with mobsters and stuff like that right you just you just take it at face value yeah
So I, I, I had fun. <laughs> like it, shockingly funny from beginning to end. Uh, speaking it. speaking of fun, uh, next week on the Lasercomb podcast, uh, uh, that'll be episode eight of the Lasercomb podcast. Uh, Cal has chosen "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" That's right. It was a show that ran from 1990 to 1996 and ran for a total of 100 episodes. There was actually a a movie that came out a few years ago based on it, and a um. Uh, a revival series on Amazon Prime that lasted two seasons. It actually just uh, was just completed its run recently. I I didn't know. That. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I didn't know about the movie. People said oh, it was for kids, but it was good. Oh, actually, the revival series is still going. It's just only oh. two seasons have aired. Yeah, it's an Amazon Prime series. I have Prime for another two weeks. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I guess I'll check it out. I had I would have never have known. If you didn't tell me. All right. So we're we're gonna go to uh uh numbergenerator.org. Which uh if you're watching the video version, uh you can see it, it's right there on the screen. So one random number is between one and one hundred. Here we go. Here we go. I like that it does this. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm thinking of adding like the the sound effect of like the the price is right. The wheel. price is right wheel. That's what I heard when you were going. Dip, 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 dip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been meaning to do that since the the beginning. I've just been kind of lazy. Maybe I'll do that for this episode. Uh, all right, uh, time to hit stop. Fifty three. Fifty three. That's that. I think that's the highest number we we've landed on so yeah. far. Even ones with way more episodes. Like. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. All right. Uh, which one is that episode? Scrolling down here on the Wikipedia page, list of episodes. That it. Wow. That is season. The season premiere of season five. The tale of the dead man's float. A lot of it is a boy named Zeke and his friend Clarice reopen an abandoned swimming pool, only to discover what lies there might have been left buried. Might have best been left buried and forgotten. Wow, this has Jay Baruchel in it. This would have been when he was still season five. Oh yeah. Oh damn. There you go. Yeah. Huh. All right. That so that's what we'll be we'll be talking about. Season five premiere, folks. Yeah. On the uh, from the next episode of Lasercom podcast. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you want to support the show, best way to do that, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're starting at a mere $5 and up per month. Uh, you get hours every week of bonus preamble audio. It's us kind of shooting the shit before we actually get down to uh, recording the shows we do proper. Uh, there's also at the $25 tier, uh, there's a like top t- top level $25 tier where you can actually pick an episode uh, or you can pick a show for us to review a random episode of on this podcast. So That's right. there's there's a bunch of other tiers like in between. So go and check that out. Patreon. Is there a criteria? Like we don't do shows that are reality TV or game shows. Yeah, it has to be narrative based. Has to be completed. The show ha- and the show has to have completed its run in one way or another. Nothing on air. Nothing on air. Um, 
so yeah, go check that out. Patreon.com slash Lasercomb. Uh, social media, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I am at Lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. I quite frequently put up polls on Twitter to let people decide from one of four choice, vote on one of four choices of uh, a show to talk about on a upcoming episode of this podcast. Uh, it's, that's I, how I have, we got this one. That's how we got this one. Uh, I have fun doing it that way because like it creates like an even more of a level of randomness, like on top of the whole random episode shtick of this show. So I dig it. So yeah, uh, at Lasercomb on Twitter. Uh, you're also on Twitter as well. Yes, I am on the Twitters. Uh, Neo, N-E-O underscore Cal, K-A-L. And uh, on Facebook, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash lasercomb, spelled the same way as I have already spelled it a couple times now. It's kind of the central hub for this and all of the shows that uh, that I produce, uh, co-host, and yada yada. Uh, facebook.com slash lasercomb. As I mentioned, we will be back next week with the 53rd episode overall of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And until then, I've been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I'm NeoCal. And until next week, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Take a trip to